Wow, you guys, I'm back in the studio. We are back in the studio. Rip me out the plastic. I'm, bre- you know what, We're, I'm too old for this. But let me just say, I am so happy to be back in the studio with none other than Tioff and Ildris Helbra. Now, we miss you, Darquan, but as they say in show business, the show must go on. So we're in the studio tonight to talk about another controversial topic. If you were with us for our last episode, Ildris Helbra, Shama, and I, we were in the studio discussing, refresh my memory, Helbra? Let it burn, let it burn. (laughs) Kiki Palmer and Usher, I would say embrace. Is that what y'all call it these days? You young folks, embrace? <laughs> but that's right, Helper. Entanglement. Entanglement. And Helper is right. That is uh, the title that he came up with, which we love. Let it burn. So if you haven't guessed already, the theme for season 10, and that's right, y'all, like five fingers on your left hand and five fingers on your right hand, season 10 is here. And we kicked it off. Helper produced the Let It Burn, Kiki Palmer and Usher episode. That was the first episode for season 10. Our second episode we're recording today. We'll talk more about that. And if you're new to the Tangent Talk, you should know that each of our seasons, we have three episodes. So after today, we'll have one more episode rounding out the season 10, which the theme is controversy ripped from the headlines. We hope that you will continue with us for season 11 and beyond. And if you're new again, please take a listen to season nine (laughs) backwards, right? Let me just ask, and I know we've recorded, this is over 30 episodes, right? What was your favorite episode? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if you can think back to some of the earlier episodes, you may not remember the season, but what's been your favorite episode? Gosh, it's been so many. I would have to say my favorite episode is um, Halle Berry's Not Crazy. And, oh gosh, so many to choose from. The Black Hollywood. With John oh, Boyega. the actors. The actors yes. Yeah. Yes. Black actors in Hollywood, I mm-hmm. think, was yep. the title. For sure. Mm-hmm. Those are two good ones, Tioff. What about you, Ildris? What, what has been your favorite or at least two favorites? Tioff gave us two. No pressure. Yeah, I don't want to sound redundant, but I think the um, is Holly Berry crazy episode. I think things got really spicy in that episode. So <laughs> it always uh, sticks out to me the most. Definitely the, not to be uh, biased, but some of our episodes that are more male targeted. So I love the rest episode just because I think operating in society currently as a man, we really don't create spaces for us to really tap into our well being. So I, I love that our guests. Jerome Braggs definitely helped us create that space. So I love the spaces in which we really target men and our male listeners. No, that's really great to hear, you know, Halbra. And our listenership is diverse. It's not just women and it's not just men. So I love that you and Dark Juan are representing a good bit of our demographic. We definitely want to bring more content that's enriching and encouraging for, for both genders, right? And any others in between, right? We, we, we're not biased here and we definitely don't discriminate. So thank you for that, Helbra. You know, we ought to tell our audience <laughs> that we did submit for a contest. And so our first year submitting for a contest, there will be many more years to come. 
but we did submit our Halle Berry episode for the AAFB. Am I, do I have that correct, you all? The African American Film Black Film Festival. I think they have the letters yeah. maybe mixed about there, but um, we didn't win you all, but we are still winners in that it was a great experience for us to come together as a team and select an episode out of so many to submit for review. And uh, we got a very kind letter back. <laughs> it was a no, but they definitely appreciated our content just as we definitely appreciate you all, our listeners. So tell you what, let's get into it. Today, as we mentioned, is episode two of season 10. And the title is The Girl Who Cried Wolf. You guys want to know who that is? Carly Russell. If you're not familiar with Carly Russell, we are going to tell you all about it today. And I want to start by doing two things. First of all, many of you know that the moral of the story, the boy who cried wolf, is that when a wolf actually does appear, the villagers do not believe the boys cry for help and the flock is destroyed. The moral of the story then is that liars will not be rewarded. Even if they tell the truth, no one believes them. That's hard, isn't it? Can you imagine like, telling someone, look, <laughs> the wolf is coming. And they're like, you're right. So talk to us, Helbra, Tioff. When have we actually heard a boy cry wolf? And I would probably need to say a man because he was 37 years old at the time who cried wolf. Anyone remember that story of a actor whose last name is Smollett? Yeah, yeah, the... <laughs> The infamous Jesse Smollett. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, the hoax, I guess. <laughs> the hoax. I think that's a great term because actually, Helbra, it's that's what they're calling the Carly Russell matter, a hoax. So, you know, Tioff, our listeners know that you represent Chicago oh so well. And we know that in 2019, January 2019, American actor Jesse Smollett approached the Chicago Police Department and reported a hate crime that he himself had staged earlier that morning. And like Helber said, it was for sure a hoax. He was the boy who cried wolf. Fill in the blanks for us, Tioff. Tell us about that case in 30 seconds um, or less. Yes, I'll try to sum it up very quickly. Being it allegedly took place in Chicago and I'm a Chicagoan. I was actually at work that night and it happened literally right around the corner from where I worked. And first of all, I knew he was lying because at my job, you know, security, there would have been something on the scanner, something was going on. And just the way he described what happened, like Trump supporters tried to do whatever, like they don't mess with Trump up here. In fact, when Trump rallied here, he was running out of town. We were just like some Trump supporters that like, nah. That, that does it. Chicago has its issues, but potentially being lynched or hung or attacked by Trump supporters, that's not Chicago. <laughs> that doesn't happen here. And I was just going to add, because as our listeners should know, T off often teases me about having my rap moments. I got to say, this is a perfect time to interject Jay-Z's line. We don't believe you. You need more people. So yes, that was definitely a hoax. We didn't believe Mr. <laughs> Smollett. And now you all, Carly Russell is being referred to as Carly Smollett. So let's get into this, you all. One of the things that I was saddened about was to find out that this was a hoax. And you say, well, Luna Ma, 
why would you be sad? Because at least you know that this woman is safe. But we're going to talk today about the implications of what occurred with this hoax or rather the impact it has on the black and brown community and really just the world at large. Because we know that when a boy or girl, and by the way, Miss Russell is 25 years old, we know that there's danger, right? Just as we, we talked about earlier in introducing the story, the parable of the boy who cried wolf, right? We know that the villagers did not believe and the flock was destroyed. So there are devastating implications. Why don't we start, and I'm going to bring that up here in our virtual studio, why don't we start with a very detailed outline of this uh, case or timeline, I should say, of this case that was published by CBS News, and it was published just yesterday, in fact. So this podcast is on time, right? This episode that we're recording today. So we're going to start, and, and I won't go through every bit of it because it is quite detailed. As always, we will have links to things that we reference on the show in our show notes. Days before Russell allegedly disappeared, the police listed some, as they put it, very strange online searches that she made leading up to her disappearance. Those search inquiries included on the 11th of July, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? It's actually a good question. I don't know <laughs> the answer. July 13th, how to take money from a register without being caught. The same day, July 13th, she looked up uh, Birmingham bus station. She, of course, is an Alabama resident. She was busy on the 13th because she also looked up one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville. And then this is the one that got me all. She looked up the movie Taken. Really? <laughs> and so before her 911 call, it's reported that she left her workplace in Birmingham about 10 miles from Hoover at around 8.20 p.m. And she ordered food from a nearby business at the Colonnade. I, I apologize, Alabama residents, uh, shopping mall and picked up that food. She stopped at Target, bought some snacks, and she stayed in the parking lot until about 921. Then this is where the cry wolf begins. Just after 930 p.m. on the 13th, the same day she had those searches, she called 911 to report a toddler on the highway. And for me, you all, this story was creepy. And my heart really squeezed when I heard it because I'm like, golly, this is so creepy. It's creepy for the toddler and it's creepy for Carly. She stated that she saw a toddler on the highway and she said that she had stopped to check on the boy. While she was on the phone with a dispatcher about the toddler, she traveled in her car about 600 yards, the distance of about six football fields. After that 911 call, which lasted less than two minutes, Russell called a family member. She went missing during that conversation. The family member on the phone with Russell lost contact with her during the call, but the line remained open. We're told then that Russell's mother called the police and said that Russell had been on the phone with a relative and that the relative heard Russell scream. Can you imagine? Hoover officers arrived on the scene within five minutes of being dispatched. Russell was gone, but the officers found her car, cell phone, not the wig, y'all, but the wig and purse. <laughs> her Apple Watch was also in the bag. The snacks she'd purchased were not in the car 
at the scene. So I'm going to pause there and just have our cast, Helbra, Tioff, before we know how this concludes, what were your impressions of just some of the things you heard? Not so much the the search engine. I want to focus Tioff and Helbra on that Mm -hmm. 911 call because that was what was being circulated on social media. So before we knew that it was a hoax, what was going through you all's minds? I know for me, it was very chilling. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, go. Thank you for giving that very detailed outline. But I know I just remember first hearing the story and just thinking to myself, like you said, that's very chilling, but also like this is really bizarre. And maybe it is still, (laughs) I don't want to say resentment or trauma, but just thinking about Jesse Smollett, it's kind of like what you're stating, you know, the boy that cried wolf. It's kind of like now, whenever this happens going forward, definitely it's going to be questioned. But I was kind of questioning it because of Jesse Smollett, not to keep bringing him into this, but it was just like, well, he's seeing a child and then they found a car and then she's gone. All her stuff is there, but then the food is gone. That's the best way to put it, being as neutral as possible. It didn't add up for me. Got that. Got that, Helper. What about you, Tioff? Had you heard much about this case? And if you had, like, what was your initial reaction? Let me ask the question this way, Tioff, because I know... Helper and I, we scour the internet for topics to bring to the podcast. I know you and uh, Dark One do as well, but I sometimes feel Helper and I are in competition <laughs> to find things that we can bring back to the uh, cast. So had you heard about this tee off? You know we do. We have a healthy competition, Helper, with that. Had you heard about this case prior to Helper and I sharing it in our group, or had you heard about it after we found out it was a hoax? Um, I had heard about it before we found out it was a hoax. It was from our virtual podcast meeting that I found that it was a hoax. But when I initially heard about it, it was all over the place. It was coming all down all my social media feeds that the woman was missing and that she's being searched for. And like yourself, you know, chilling because the first thing I thought, oh, you know, someone put this child out there that, you know, they set her up to be sex trafficked. That was the first thing that came to my mind because. So many women and girls, especially Black women and girls, are missing and get trafficked. When I first heard the story that she stopped to help a baby and then she was missing, that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I was uh, terrified for her. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's so many things, to your point, T-Off, that were cringeworthy. The fact that this toddler is wandering the highway, you know, it's like, wait, what? Alongside the highway. The fact that Carly herself was in danger. I mean, it was just a lot that gave us pause. And for me, just made me say, gee, this is a sad situation. What Tioff said definitely reminded me of another thought I had been, well, what happened to her was they used a child as like a, a bait. And then when she went to help the child, somebody kidnapped her and then Uh, It was a part of a sex trafficking ring or something. That's what I was thinking initially as well. So one side of me was thinking that. And then, like I said, and I have to stand on that because that is what I thought. And another side of me was just like, it kind of doesn't add up. And if that did happen, that's really chilling. Yeah. And I I think that's the word, Helbra. I was saying cringeworthy, but it's really, it was chilling. I mean, my blood did run cold. I was like, this is scary. Well, as scary as it sounded, 
as many of you know, as we've been saying, it was indeed a hoax. So we later find out, if I go back to our timeline, that Russell returns home. And this is, mind you, after there were rewards trying to drum up leads. Mm -hmm. There were rewards totaling at least 50K offered for her safe return, which included $20,000 from an anonymous source. I wonder if that person got that money back. <laughs> and 5,000 raised by Crime Stoppers of Metro Alabama, as well as another 25,000 from the real estate company, Keller Williams. Well, first of all, shout out Keller Williams to you all. Of course, you weren't aware that it was a hoax, but just the fact that Keller Williams was willing to offer up 25000 mm. right, in an effort to bring Carly home. So let's talk about her return home. Well, two days later, the 15th, she returned home on foot about 49 hours after she went missing. Police received a call at around 1045 p.m. notifying them of her return. Naturally, officers and medics responded. She was taken to the hospital for evaluation. And unfortunately, that's when they started to realize, hmm, remember that at Arsenio Hall? Maybe I'm dating myself. Things that make you say, hmm. Yeah. Because her lawyer emailed a statement to the Hoover police, which was read out loud <laughs> at a news conference. And the quote here is, quote, my client did not see a baby on the side of the road. We ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues. It doesn't say what type of issues, but issues and attempts to move forward. Understanding that she made a mistake in this matter, Carly again asks for your forgiveness and prayers, end quote. And police have said that they're meeting with the district attorney's office about possible charges. Again, this particular report from CBS News was just updated yesterday, July 24th at 8.07 p.m. I presume that would be Eastern. But suffice to say, we don't have, at least not here on our source, additional updates, but that's okay. We have enough to go on to go to my first and really the question that's going to frame the rest of this discussion. And that is, why is this problematic? Both the boy, Smollett or man <laughs> and the girl or woman, Carly, why are these situations problematic? And you all can address this from Smollett. Of course, our focus is Carly, but talk about why this isn't, haha, that was funny. Why is this like devastating? Well, it's devastating for one, because again, there are so many, you know, Black women and girls missing and they don't get the immediate attention that they deserve because it's like six on one, half a dozen on the other, where it, it's a wonderful thing that she got all this immediate attention and everyone came together to try to find her and put the word out that she was possibly taken or missing. It's like on the one hand, it's like, oh, finally, attention is being brought to a young Black woman who's missing. But then it's like, it's a hoax. And at least for me, the 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 bad part of it is, I feel like as a minority, or quite frankly, as any non-white person that commits a crime or some other type of wrongdoing, we're always judged as a group. We're never judged as individuals. And I just fear like this could have a greater impact on the Black community as a whole when it comes to the Black women and girls or Black people in general 
who are missing that she would do this because you know we're we're painted in a negative light anyway. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Your communication has landed as always. I mean, you're tee off. <laughs> so of course we get it. <laughs> and you know, tee off what I loved and will come to Helbra is that you actually addressed the matter from a different angle than I had thought of. And that is the reflection on us as a people. You know, uh, as you always say, Tioff, we're not a monolith, but in cases like this, we, you know, one of us does wrong and we're all like, ah, oh, man, really, Jojo, <laughs> you had to mess it up for the rest of us now. I wasn't even thinking of this case from that angle, but it's a good point you made. I was thinking of it from the angle of the fact that a lot of black and brown children and women don't get the publicity to get the word out. And it's like, really, Carly, we used up that time for you and this was a hoax. But talk to us, Helper. What are your thoughts either on what Tioff shared or your own unique perspective to this? Yeah, well, I think it's problematic for her personally and on a larger scale. I think a large part that we haven't touched on was uh, her relationship with her boyfriend and how it played or seemingly mm. to uh, what has taken place. And uh, Luna, I don't know if you were going to, but I can definitely touch on it now in terms of what other things have come out is that apparently there was some um, conflict between her and her boyfriend in which and suggested that her boyfriend was cheating on her soon before this hoax took place. There's also retrieved messages between her and another woman, basically calling the other woman out of name, saying, oh, I'm this and you're a stripper and you're beneath me and he's mine. And even if he was cheating on you at one point, he's not anymore. So I think that plays into it. You know, the boyfriend did come out and defend her. I think after she came back and I think the boyfriend came out and gave support while she was missing. It has been made clear that this is a hoax. Uh, her and the boyfriend are no longer together. So I know conversations that I've had and heard about it is almost like basically she did this for her boyfriend's attention or to remove her boyfriend's attention from, I guess, another woman and, and bring it back to herself. So I think it's problematic in that way. I've also seen reports that she's lost her job because of this. So you know, her family's reputation. It's problematic in so many ways on a personal level. But I would say I agree with uh, what T.O. said on a larger scale. You know, when you talk about the attention that is needed for women, specifically women of color, in terms of the trauma that they face when attention is now given to that and it turns out to be a hoax, it really damages just the reputation. And, and now, going back to the original theme, Crying Wolf, every single time there's a story of oh, a woman of color, a Black woman uh, missing, it, we're always going to think about this. As much as it shouldn't be that way, it's, it's going to be that way. And the, the last thing, piggying back off of what you said, Luna Ma, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've seen reports of people saying, basically, she claimed in a statement, I think as recent as earlier this morning or yesterday, that um, she's not going to give the money back. And it actually ended up totaling to be around $60,000. It's problematic in so many levels, <laughs> which is why we're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, that was, wow. <laughs> that was a lot of jewels to string together. 
helper, we appreciate you dropping them for us because I certainly didn't know about the job loss and the fact that she was going to retain funds that were raised to find her when she wasn't lost, <laughs> when she wasn't taken, according to the, her search when she was looking up that movie. So that's wild. But again, if she's lost her job, I'm not saying that this is right, but that probably would support the reason why she's holding on to the money because, you know, she doesn't have an income. I do think it's important that people understand that these things come with consequences. Again, the villagers <laughs> that didn't believe the boys' cries for help and the flock is destroyed. So the fact that she's lost her job is, in my opinion, a reasonable repercussion. Would you all disagree or? Definitely. I'm an advocate. You know, people mm -hmm. that know me, this is my on-air persona, Luna Ma, which is very much <laughs> who I am in the real world. But it, it, you, you know me outside of my alias. You know that I'm an advocate for people finding employment. I used to actually serve as a recruiter, a corporate recruiter. I no longer serve as a corporate recruiter. I, I transitioned into another line of work. And still, I'm an advocate for people finding employment, especially Black and Brown people, because we're often underemployed or unemployed. And when I say often, meaning we don't always have some of the opportunities that folks who don't look like us do. So I do my best to ensure that I'm supporting us by landing jobs that are fulfilling and rewarding and compensate us accordingly to our talents and, and our education. So, you know, it's hard for me to even say that. I think it's it's a good thing that she's lost her job, but, you know, this this is important in that a lesson needs to be learned. And unfortunately, the example needs to be set. So as we look to round this episode out, you know, we've talked about why this is problematic and we did our research. We wanted to come to you all today and have a precise number on statistics relative to the number of Black and Brown girls and women who go missing in the United States. And shout out to our beloved listeners who are not in the United States, right? But we're speaking specifically today about those who are in the United States. You all are aware, I would presume, that there are, you know, many of the Black and Brown girls who is, we were discussing earlier, they don't get the attention. When T. Off talked about how it appears when these things happen, you know, I, I hadn't looked at it from that vantage point because I was so focused on the airtime that non-Black and Brown people get when they go missing. Natalie, I mean, I can never forget her name, the one who missing in a Caribbean island. Do you guys remember who I'm referring Natalie to? Natalie Holloway. There you go. And see how it rolls off our tongues? Because it's in our psyche. How many, I mean, there's a movie about her. <laughs> so you begin to understand that, wow, some of us just don't get the movies. We just don't get the um, exposure when we go missing. So just quickly, as we look to wrap, again, we were trying to give you all specific information. A lot of these uh, sources, we would have had to uh, consult the Federal Bureau of Investigations Uniform Crime Reporting Program, or UCR for short, or we'd have had to comb through the National Crime Information Center, also known as NCIC, and other organizations that perform this type of research. I think it's important to note 
that in these abduction cases, they're often underreported. And for the reasons that we mentioned, you know, it's like, well, if we're not going to get the attention, I can see how some of those aren't really going reported at a national level. And then the databases may not break down the data by specific demographics that we we were curious about, which are women who are people of color between the ages of, say, 25, Carly's age, and 45. But what I will share with you all is that we know that abductions do occur. And we know that approximately 64,000, let that sink in, 64,000 Black girls and women go missing, have gone missing in the United States, right? And that was as recently, we have an article here that we're referencing that it was as recently as 2022. When you hear that number tee off 64,000, you have a beautiful daughter. I mean, what kind of chills does that send down your spine? You know, just fear that that it never happens to not just me or my child, but any of my loved ones, my friends, any, any woman, period. You just never know. And it just makes you think about it could be any of us at any time, it just seems like, you know, sex trafficking is, you know, getting out of control and the traffickers are getting more brazen. I just, I just constantly pray every day that all the women in my life, family, friend, acquaintance, whoever, that, you know, all women and children and men too, that anybody that, you know, could be a potential victim that we're all protected because you just never know. Yeah, that's well said, T. Off. You 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 don't know, and we want our women and girls to be protected. So, I will round this episode out by, again, referencing the article which was written by Treva Lindsay uh, back in March of 2022, March 30th to be precise. She writes the story, a very um, eye-catching uh, headline: "Far too many Black girls disappear without a trace. Relisha Rudd has never been found." And so we invite you to read up on Relisha Rudd. Again, we always like to provide links to the reference material. You are invited to look that case up if you're not familiar with it. Suffice to say, this is a little Black girl who went missing and has never been found. And so Treva Lindsay writes this article. Again, the standout number here is 64K, Missing Black Girls and Women in the United States. What I will tell you in reading that article, I, you know, the author talks about being heartened in knowing there has been more exposure about this alarmingly high number. Uh, she mentions in the article that there was a, and I was not aware of this, I don't know if you all were tee off and Helbra, but apparently there was a four-part episode motivated by the story. But what we are left with when we talk about the impact of the cry wolf when it comes to black and brown girls and women is that there's nothing funny <laughs> about 64K. There's nothing funny about that alarmingly high number of black girls and women who've gone missing in the United States. And the fact that Carly chose to use that stage where we could have been using that for people who are missing for Relisha Rudd. We could have been using that stage for many other women and children who are missing. And that spotlight was on Carly and it was for not. I think that's extremely disturbing and disappointing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what mental health 
Carly is dealing with. I always wanted to make room for, you know, one's humanity because I'd love for people to make room for mine. But what I will say is if this is, as Helbra intimated, a reaction to lack of attention from her partner, this was just a gross misuse of her voice, you know, her voice in calling 911, her voice in calling that relative. She used her voice for evil. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. So as we look to wrap up, why don't we go to you, off? What would you like the audience to be left with? Again, today's topic is the girl who cried wolf, Carly Russell. Tioff? You know, just whatever you're going through, just own up to it. When I learned it was a hoax, I'm like, what type of attention-seeking behavior is this? And clearly she was planning to cover up something. It's like, if you're going through a hard time, like just be an adult and face whatever it is. Like you don't go these lengths and then to get public or taxpayer resources involved because your boyfriend is cheating. It's just bizarre and extreme, beyond extreme. It is indeed. And I know some would say stranger things have happened. Women and men have done stranger things to get the attention of the people they love. I've heard of cases of women faking pregnancy, um, men faking illness, the list goes on. But this one was particularly hurtful considering, again, Carly could have used her voice and the stage to do good. Helper, round us out. Well, I'll start with facts. You know, Black women and girls are one out of every five missing persons case, despite the fact that they make up 7% of the population. That's astounding. And just to go from this emotional roller coaster from us as a community to where a Black woman is missing in such a chilling way, or goes missing in such a chilling way, and then we hear she's back and she's safe, and that kind of emotional victory we all felt just for it to get sucked away in the fact that it was all a hoax. It's telling as far as to me where we are as a community, but I want the main takeaway to be, and thank you for all of those statistics that you provided, Luna Mott, that Black women and girls go missing at an alarming rate. We definitely need to give more attention to all of those cases that are indeed true factual cases. Well said, Helbra. Thank you for that. And so I'll end. You guys have heard enough of me talk today, but I'll just end by saying um, I wanted to start back to what I was referring to with the Relisha story. Uh, it was a four-part HBO series entitled Black and Missing, and it was covered by Gita Gandbihe. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't think I am. <laughs> and Soledad O'Brien. And so we encourage you again to take a look at the Relisha story. And of course, you can, if you are so inclined, take a look at that four-part HBO series, Black and Missing. I know I'm going to check it out. So that concludes our episode today. Um, you know, we're getting back in the saddle, you all. We've had lifing. <laughs> so um, this is episode two of season 10. And so we spent the first few minutes of this session just, you know, reflecting on some of our favorite episodes. We want to give a shout out. You all heard me mention earlier, I was stumbling with the letters. It's a mouthful. But the American Black Film Festival, the American Black Film Festival, we want to give a shout out to the winners of the American Black Film Festival, or ABFF for short. We do want to acknowledge 
the winners of the category, which was ABFF's first podcast competition. We want to give a shout out to uh, those that are in the same space as we are. So Archie, the podcast was one of the winners. Gangsta Island was one of the other winners. And finally, The Maiden Myth. Shout out to The Maiden Myth. I had an opportunity to listen to her podcast, but we want to just congratulate our fellow podcasters for their win during this year's ABFF podcast competition. And you already know your favorite podcast, the Tangent Talk. We are definitely going to be entering other contests. And we want to thank you so much for your listenership, for your support, for your feedback. Please continue to come back. If you liked what you heard, definitely share this with your friends and family. And you know what? We have guests on the show, you all. People who enjoy what they're hearing. We want them to come on and have an opportunity to let their voice be heard. With that, we will conclude by saying we hope that you have a prosperous day, a prosperous year as we look to close out uh, season 10. Please come back as we pull yet another controversial topic from the headlines. This is Luna Ma signing off. T. Alf Helper, thanks for being here today. Take good care now.